Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 80 of the Apt EVs podcast. I'm your host, Chris Rogers, and this week's episode will focus on the Aptera news for the period between September 18th and September 24th, 2022, which will be about Aptera's full production future and market potential. Hello everyone, I hope that you all had a great week. I guess right now, following Fully Charged Live, there's still a lot of different videos and and content that's coming out from a lot of different groups of YouTube channels where they're posting different interviews and clips and their takes that they have. And so I'm still going through and, and reacting to what they have. It's most of what we have at this point as opposed to new stories and articles or, or new reports coming out from Aptera themselves. I can imagine it was a lot of work to prepare for the big show at Fully Charged Live, which was it, it appears to be a huge success. Aptera got a lot of attention at Fully Charged Live. There were a lot of people who saw the vehicle, and the timing for that could not be better since they recently reopened a new investment round. And so they're seeking more funding. They're also finalizing their design. And the Fully Charged Live, that was, I guess, the you know the first time that they, they were able to show a lot of the strides that they've made towards getting towards production. And so we're kind of in this, uh, you know, almost maybe interregnum period where I think we're waiting for the next big reveal from Aptera themselves beyond showing what the full gamma prototype designs will be, where they're going to show what is getting into Delta production. Maybe they're going to show some behind the scenes footage of the, the UI where we'll get to see, all right, you know, how how are these improvements that they're making to that experience working? What does the fully functioning solar charging system look like You know, when you're driving around in the vehicle? And, and I'm excited for the next... That I guess maybe video or something or, or article that'll come out from them. Now, this week's episode, uh, what I wanted to focus in on is is sort of a, a consolidation of some of the thoughts that I've had on about Aptera's potential at, and and the advantage that they have in terms of getting to production, and then actually, you know, once they're they're fully into production what will how many what will that size of that market be and how many vehicles will they be producing each year and what was inspiring this was an interview that the Aptera Owners Club YouTube channel did with Sandy Monroe at Fully Charged Live that that's going to be the jumping off point so a couple of weeks ago we had the Fully Charged Live event and Steve from the Aptera Owners Club he was able to grab Sandy Monroe for a few minutes and and ask him some questions now sandy monroe as i've mentioned before he's he's a huge player i guess he's very well known within the electric vehicle world because of his teardown videos but he's been active in the auto industry for for decades he's also a key investor in aptera he's helped them with their manufacturing design and so i'm i'm always interested in what he has to say i thought the the conversation was, was interesting for a few reasons you know the the biggest is is that yet he's Sandy himself has spoken about his enthusiasm for the company, but any insight into why he got involved in is always interesting to me because of the huge experience he has. You know, and Abtera is the only company that he's really attached his name and reputation to. So 
you know, for me, it's interesting. I was like, well, he's been active in the auto industry. He's been active with it within the world of electric vehicles in terms of assessing them. But only Aptera is the company that he went, oh, yeah, you know, like I'm I'm all in, you know, uh, let it be known that Monroe and Associates is working with them. Now, I've included a link to the interview. It's about five minutes long total in, in the show notes, and I highly recommend that you check it out. The first thing to note about uh, Sandy, and I think this has come across before, is that I would say he's beyond the stage that I would describe as all in on Aptera. It, um, you know, he immediately invested in the company. So he didn't just get involved. You know, he's not, you know, just a, maybe a, a paid component of the Aptera team in terms of working on their manufacturing design. He immediately invested in the company. I, I think this was back when they were at 80 cents a share. You know, he, he has this short anecdote was that he had a call with them. They gave him some pizza and he immediately wrote a check. And he didn't just invest at that early stage. He has continued to invest in the company, which I guess is, shows a growing level of confidence in what they're doing. You know, they showed them the vision and he he invested in the company. Then they've attempted to execute in that vision. They've iterated upon their designs and he's attempting to put even more money during this current round in addition to convincing some of his, I guess, friends and associates to invest in the company as well. He, he did that. If you saw any of the, the short speeches that he gave during Fully Charged Live, and there was also the reveal at Aptera's factory of the Gamma prototype, he basically said the same thing of, of you know, invest in this company, put your money. And he's not just saying it, he's, he's also putting his money where his mouth is. And according to Sandy, and, you know, he's, you know, um, giving his reasons for well why was he so interested in it you know there's it it really just comes down to in his mind the long-term costs to manufacture the vehicle and then i, I guess that's its potential profitability and so he's he's you know, speaking about what it costs to launch a vehicle in, in his mind it costs around or requires five billion dollars about five billion dollars in investment to bring a vehicle from conception to full production. Aptera, on the other hand, in his mind, will require around $500 million to really get off the ground where it needs to be up and running, and a, a total of around $1 billion, again, this is in his estimate, to get to the point where they're manufacturing 300,000 vehicles per year. So that's that's uh, it's basically a tenth of the cost in order to get up and running to have everyone who's pre-ordered the vehicle uh, to have those delivers and to be in a, a healthy position. And so the question is, well, why is it a tenth of the cost for Aptera uh, than for other other automakers, other vehicle startups? And it all starts with the simplified, the, the monocoque chassis design that's comprised of basically five parts. You've got the, the main body, you've got the two doors, and you've got the rear hatch. As a result, the Aptera is is likely to be in in Sandy's mind. It's going to be a perfect build every time, um, as opposed to more complex vehicles where there's just order of magnitudes more points where they're they're basically making me points of failure where you have to reassess and figure out what's going wrong. And so, you know, me saying that of oh, you know, we've got a simplified five parts going to be perfectly built every time. 
I think for people who haven't been watching, who haven't watched Sandy's videos, that can kind of seem like, well, you know, why is that so important that it's perfect to build every time or aren't all vehicles built perfectly every time? And, you know, what this comes down to or what I've learned from watching his videos is, in fact, that takes a lot of work in order to manufacture a vehicle perfectly at scale. It's not hard in order to build a single vehicle. Like if, if you're making vehicles like um, uh, Rimac is a it's a, a basically a, a hyper vehicle, a hyper electric vehicle, and there's they cost around I think they're basically um, I don't know they're million dollar cars. But when you're talking about small production vehicles like uh, Lamborghinis, Ferraris that are basically handmade and custom you don't have to worry about a lot of these these errors that go on because you have a lot of people that are working together they're closely scrutinizing every part but when you try to make something where there's going to be tens of thousands hundreds of thousands of them every year you it's not you basically have to the way you get to that production is you're not cutting corners you just make these massive industrial processes and it's hard to get things right and what this is where you see where things have gone wrong is with a company like Tesla that has a rather notorious issue of inconsistencies with the the build quality of their vehicles. They have issues with panel gaps and all sorts of problems um, to the point where you're encouraged if you if you purchase a new Tesla, you should scrutinize it very closely and basically go through a checklist to make sure that it was actually built well enough and potentially reject delivery and send it back to the factory so that they can they can improve. And the panel gaps issue, what I'm saying is, is you this is something that you don't even think about with your car, but you expect it to fit together well. You expect that when the doors open and close for there to be basically a flush connection with the door. When you open and close the hood for there to be a flush connection. But that's that's basically not a case with Tesla. And that's it's not just Tesla that has that problem. It may seem like I'm picking on them. This is something that all automakers have to sort out. But with Aptera, because they're because there's the bulk of the parts of the vehicle is that that single piece, that monocoque design, and then you just have the two doors and the the rear hatch. That entire problem of well, how do we make it so that all the pieces fit together well is just is just gone. Because you, you're you're talking about you're you're just attaching doors and a hatch to a single piece that's already been built as long as your mold for the composite for that single piece is done correctly you've you've already solved the problem you have eliminated a the biggest cost in the manufacturing of of vehicles and and so the the error points are gone the second key advantage that is related to the Monroe and Associates involvement in the production line itself. In the interview with the Aptera Owners Club, what Sandy says is that he specifically assigned staff to Aptera to help them to create a flexible break-even point of profitability. If And that means that if Aptera needs to only make a couple of vehicles, and, and this may be him exaggerating, if they need to make either a couple of vehicles a day or 300 vehicles a day, they can stay afloat while doing that. And that's because with those autonomous guided vehicles, those are the AGVs from um, that were, were showed off before, that it's not a problem for them to adjust the production line to to basically make a small, uh, small volume of vehicles. They can look at, see 
what is their demand and they can see all right well we actually only need you know a certain number of these agvs and then they can see that our actually our demand is increasing and instead of having to make these huge massive investments they can actually they can it i think what it means is that they can perfectly tailor the the number of production lines the number of the autonomous guided vehicles that they need in order to get to that higher production where they're looking at 300 vehicles a day instead of just one or two and so according to sandy what this means is that for profitability of of aptera you know and he looks at them and he just says oh you know the stock price of aptera is going to go up way faster than it is for for other automakers um and that's presumably because you know aptera they're not going to start off in this massive investment hole they're they're going to start off just turning a, a profit um, very 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 quickly because their costs have started way lower and they've never had this this point where it's like all right well we need to make two billion dollars in investment costs and we hope that our actual demand will will meet that two billion dollars in capital uh costs uh because you know just aptera is, is never you know that they're always going to be keeping their production costs in line with what their their demand is and so at this point in the interview sandy started speaking about what he believed to be the funding that aptera will need in order to reach volume production that is the amount of vehicles that he believes they should be producing and the timeline that he believed that it would take for them to get there and to summarize he thinks that it's going to take them around 18 to 24 months to get fully ramped up to their production now i don't mean to cause any alarm by the 18 to 24 months in terms of it's like oh you know we thought you know if you thought that aptera is going to be delivering vehicles much sooner than that um you know based on his the rest of his comments um I, I think he's in a, agreement that people are going to see delivery of their vehicles way sooner than 18 to 24 months. What he means is that it's going to take around that long um, to get to what he believes to be a full launch, which is, you know, maybe looking at around the, the 50 to 100,000 vehicles produced per year. Before that, it, it sounds like he doesn't, it, I guess he thinks it's more of a soft launch when Aptera is delivering the 30,000 pre-orders um to to everyone who's put down money including their self but the but the time to get fully up there that's gonna be 18 to 24 months and that's consistent with the messaging that aptera has put out um you know recently co-ceo chris anthony says yeah you know we're gonna do our the finalize our designs by the end of the year then we're gonna ramp up to a quickly volume production in 2023 um, and that's consistent with with that timeline that that sammy or sandy is providing and so um you know you know based off of you know it's yeah i i almost missed it but you know basically sandy is giving aptera a huge vote of confidence and that you know he thinks that the that thirty thousand pre-orders he thinks that's nothing he thinks that he thinks that's just the appetizer um you know he thinks that the reason why he thinks they need an extra 500 million dollars in event investment is because he thinks that they should be making 300,000 vehicles a year. Um, and so he's looking at their market segment that, you know, I guess, you know, presumably people are listening to this podcast and he's like, oh, yeah, you know, you know, that's that's cute and all you early adopters. But, you know, Aptera is going to be it's going to be huge and, and it's going to take it's going to take them a few years to get to that point where they're they're fully making 
this huge level uh, of vehicles, but it's it's not just going to be this niche, uh, tiny market. It's going to be, you know, uh, 300,000 vehicles a year. Now, that's it's unclear to me whether or not he believes that those 300,000 vehicles are just the two-seater that they have right now, or if that includes their future vehicles. If he thinks it's just the the two-seater, then again, you know, I, I agree that I think that the, the the utility vehicle market is much higher than this the smallest segment. But either way, it explains why he has invested so much of his time and money into the company. He basically thinks that that Aptera is along the lines of Apple or Google when you look at an investment opportunity perspective, which is really exciting when you think about his industry experience. You know, Aptera in a lot of ways, it it represents the culmination of his career in terms of lean design and, and ultimate manufacturing design, which means cheap, cheaper prices for consumers and also more profitability for investors. The one point that I want to go back to is is really the the market for Aptera and how big is that market actually it for such a unique looking vehicle there's always a part of it that wonders like ah you know how big of a barrier is that going to be for potential potential customers and I guess when you just look at it as you know it's it's a it's a an EV that costs less than thirty thousand dollars to start off with that you will potentially never pay to fuel and charge and may never break down because there's so few parts and it's made out of composite material so it's not going to rust it's just you know this is it's never going to break and so you know it potentially has a really really big uh, massive global market but in in the u.s what we've seen here is that consumers they're obsessed with suvs and they're obsessed with pickup trucks but I think that the popularity of SUVs and pickup trucks, I think it obscures the fact that everyone doesn't choose their vehicle based off of just aesthetic features alone. Um, you know, recently, Chris Anthony was part of a panel at Fully Charged Live where they were actually, they were discussing this, you know, like how can and the U.S. overcome its obsession with big vehicles? And Aptera pointed out that you know, most people, I guess, who are talking to him, they're concerned with the safety of the vehicle and its function, you know, its ability to get you from point A to point B. And so if Aptera can prove that, yeah, this vehicle is oddly shaped, but it's it's just as safe and likely going to prove to be actually far more safe than traditional vehicles, then people aren't going to care that it looks like, you know, a, a, a bird with no wings or it looks like a fish. Additionally, one of the other co-panelists on that discussion, uh, Lee Hong Nong of uh, the company Nimbus, they make this really small, unique uh, electric vehicle. He made excellent points about you know what's looked at, you know what's the market I think for for smaller vehicles, and it's it's convenience, it's convenience at a lower price point that has that is is the real seller of vehicles. In fact, if you look at you know what's the the best selling EV in the U.S. It's it's not a Tesla. It's an electric bike, um, and people don't think about electric bikes as electric vehicles, but they're doing the same thing, and that they're moving people from point A to point B. And I can tell you, as someone who lives in New York City, uh, electric bikes are very very popular, um, and it's likely because they cost less than two thousand dollars, and and they can cheaply get you from point A to point B. And that makes them way more accessible 
you know, I'm sure people who are doing these deliveries, they would love to have a Tesla or a Rivian or a Lucid. But when you look at an, an electric bike that you can get for for $1,200, $1,500 brand new and, and half that for, for used, you know, guess what people are opting for? And so, you know, those same principles, those apply to a, a an electric vehicle that has 250 miles of range that starts at $25,900 and will be cheaper to insure because it qualifies as a motorcycle. And that's that's before you even factor in the, the point that with the solar, it will potentially cost you $0 to, to quote unquote, fuel up. You know, we're at this point in history where electric vehicles have never been more popular, and, and at least in the U.S., than, than they are right now, but they've also never been more inaccessible, despite the fact that there are, there are more and more options. You know, so many of these electric vehicles that we have on the market, they start at $40,000 and up. You know, with, you know, there are a few exceptions there. Nissan, Leaf at, it aren't ultra expensive. Uh, Chevy has their Bolt. It's not an ultra expensive vehicle, but... Well, that's it, and and so you can put me down as, as on the same page as as Sandy, who believes that you know we ask the question you know what's the market size? I think if you go on App Terrors Invest, they say it's potentially six hundred thousand vehicles a year for for this market segment, and so w- when Sandy is thinking that they're going to need to make three hundred thousand a year, yeah, I I think actually I think Sandy is undershooting it, and I think App Terrors estimate of six hundred thousand vehicles a year globally is is far more more close and so yeah this i think their vehicle is going to become as iconic as as the beetle because you know once you have the 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 diy crowd you know they're modding them they're 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 doing wild stuff taking them off road people are going camping in them i think aptera is it's just going to become the car of choice for 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 single drivers um and maybe for um for people who want it as a secondary vehicle it's simply for the fact that it's going to be safe and it's going to be the cheapest vehicle that you can own in that segment that you're not going to get rained on like like an electric bike. So exciting times ahead for for Aptera. I, I can't wait for, you know, I'm going to look out for the next next, uh, I guess, marketing pieces and, and videos and inside information from Aptera themselves where they show us what's going on as they get closer to the Delta production. But you know, um, I guess you haven't heard it first because, you know, some of these other people like Sandy have been saying it now that, you know, they think that this vehicle is, is going to be in, in the 300000 per year. But, yeah, I think that's I think that's the floor for Aptera. And so, you know, look out. And that concludes episode 80 of the AppDVs podcast. I hope you found this episode interesting. If you enjoy the podcast, please tell a friend so that we can continue to grow the Aptera movement. I also put my referral link in the show notes, which you can use for $30 off your $100 refundable deposit. AppDVs is available on all major podcasting platforms, including Apple, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, etc., etc. If you have any questions or feedback, including corrections, please send those to aptevspodcast at gmail.com or you can find me on Twitter at apt underscore evspodcast. I also forgot to mention, you know, if you really like the podcast, five-star reviews on on all platforms. I would not I would not shun those. So shameless plug for that. Thank you to OS50 for the song Movies and in the words of Jeff Kanata, 
think about what you put out into the world, make it a better place.